Eye on the Ball. This is Garrett Rands. I'm here with Pastor Tim Everett. Pastor Tim, uh, there's been an article in the Shreveport Times, I believe. Actually, the Epic Times. The Epic Times. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. So yeah. you're getting that as a subscription now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this, the name of this article is Nine Starter Steps to Save America from Socialism. And uh, I think it's a very interesting article, just what you've told me. I actually haven't had a chance to read it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that this is a topic that's worth our time and our effort to pray about and to, and to study and to really think about. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so the first, the first point that's made here is that we've got to face reality. And, and I want you to introduce the author, what you know about this author, yeah, okay. and, and um, just little, a little snippet about him and then get right on yeah. to the first point, which is we need to face reality. Yeah, uh, Trevor Loudon, he's a New Zealander, which makes this interesting. It's, a, it's not an American, but he's really studied American history and contemporary culture. He's given speeches to over 500 audiences in 48 states. So he believes that as America goes, so goes the rest of the free world. So being from New Zealand, he's invested that America fight socialism so that, you know, their country could be saved from it. And of course, Australia, you know, as well. So, um, so yeah, he, um, he has these nine starter steps to save America from socialism and um, I want to discuss them with you just to see if you agree with some of these points. The first one, as you mentioned, face reality. Uh, he says millions of Americans are still in complete denial uh, about this idea of, of socialis- socialism and um, it becoming so pervasive in our society. Uh, I read the other day that 70% of millennials are likely or most likely to vote for a socialist candidate. So it's almost scary. like, yeah, so we've already, you know, lost this battle to, um, to young adults. Um, but he, he believes that there's also a false hope of this idea that Donald Trump and some secret plan to put him back into office is going to rescue us from socialism. And when he says face reality, he said we need to face the reality that under Obama that, that most of the, the major generals in our military have been replaced by left-thinking uh, you know, people that the military has changed so much that we can't really count on the military uh, bailing us and, out and of, the of, of the leadership, the leadership of the military. Right. And, and they're really purging the roles of, um, of conservatives. Uh, I saw where uh, an officer was was suspended, was uh, removed um, for writing a paper against critical race theory. So there's really a purging of the roles. So this idea of, of the right wing that. Um, the, the military is going to have a coup to overthrow the Biden administration and put Donald Trump back in power or that, you know, that we with our nine millimeters or one, you know, we can um, have a, a revel, a viol- you know, a violent revolution that can restore capitalism is, is not reality. Well, and it doesn't need to be. I mean, that's not as a Christian. That's not what we want to see is is another war and more people dying for. Um, you, yes. you know, causes that are uh, largely political, especially when we when we think about through the history of the world, all of the bad governments there have been. I mean, all governments have been bad, right? Yeah. I mean, because yeah. none of them have have uh, stood the test of time. I mean, every government has failed, and this experiment that we have in America of a of a capitalist society, uh, a free market society where you have the freedom to make choices. And the government doesn't hand those choices to you. Mm-hmm. Um, is is it's not a new idea, but it's certainly the best experiment that we've ever had in the history of the world. With that being said, every socialist government has failed. 
that, that we've gone through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would gauge another thing by this, uh, particularly as a Christian. You know, my curiosity kind of goes towards, um, you know, you mentioned the young people that are uh, already socialist, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing that scares me about that is they want the removal of morals because they say, well, these aren't my morals. And that's true. They're not their morals. They're God's morals. And so I, I, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm praying that as this generation of millennials ages and as they experience the world and they experience have a little more life is, experience, absolutely, yeah. that maybe they, they look at some of these radical ideas and go, well, that's not going to work long term. You know, the idea that we can just infinitely print money to fund what the government wants to do is, is not a good concept. Um, you know, and, and, and I'll point to this, you know, one of the, the uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, the most radical TV radio personalities that there is, Bill Maher, who, who's always been really out there and really vulgar, but he's also pretty honest. And if we, if we look at what he is saying about the craziness of what is going on in the liberal side of, of America right now, I mean, he's being very critical of it. Um, you know, things like the the, the continuation of, of the addition of letters for LGBTQ. Um, I looked at it the other day because you know this is this is Pride Month, right? For mm-hmm. and I, I lost track of the the number of letters, and I, and I, I don't even know what they all stand for. <laughs> yeah, right. And and this was something yeah. that Bill Maher became very critical of, and he's like, where, where does it end? Um, that along with a lot of other socialist ideas that are just they're they're absolutely insane they are not using reason they yeah, are not classic using liberalism in america was not socialism i think of, right. you know a, a principal that i had a vice uh, assistant principal henry coven was my sunday school teacher you know at central baptist growing up and he was a, a classic liberal meaning that he believed in um equal rights for the races he was big in the civil rights movement he um, believed in free speech uh, he believed in things that now conservatives are having to fight for. Right, uh, Martin, liberals Martin don't Luther believe King is becoming the champion of, you know, judging people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin, which is, you know, totally the opposite of Black Lives Matter and and whatnot. So you're right. You know, multiculturalism was a battle fought before socialism could be considered in America. The idea that no nation is better than another nation. No culture is better than another. No belief is better than another. So, you know, what's your belief is fine. So that paved the way um, to take reason out of the argument as you compare capitalism and socialism. Or, or and, but, um, but back to, you know, again, while the right, I think, is in fantasy land about some of these things, like a restoration of a Trump presidency, uh, the Democrats are working to expand the number of senators by adding uh, Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico as states. Uh, they're hoping to enfranchise, you know, 22 million illegal immigrants, uh, trying to change the, you know, make it easier for everyone to vote, maybe from their phone or something. And so uh, if these things happen, which could be a reality, then we'll never see a Republican elected again. So first of all, we need to face the reality, you know, not not look to fantasy, but face the reality and know that we have a problem. And uh, only if we acknowledge the problem can we start to um, seeking to fix it. The second point, and, and you've already brought this up, is to stop all violent rhetoric, that any idea of overthrowing, 
you know, the government or, or the deep state, you know, with violence or with guns. Uh, we do need to separate ourselves from the fringe. Uh, you know, there is a white racist fringe, you know, to the, um, the conservatives that we need to distance ourselves from or anyone that's calling for violence. Again, because we don't have the support of the, you know, the, the confidence of the support of the military. I mean, we kind of think that it would be us versus them, the them being Antifa and, you know, the 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 left. But if the government is like in control of the military, more, more protection than than more prote- anybody else, right? Yeah, legal protection. You're right. So, um, so I think that's um, that's something. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, that he makes. And then another th- point number three is restore election integrity in all red states. And this is happening. I mean, the, the Georgia was the first state. I mean, I, you know, I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll have a hard time believing that um, that Biden won the state of Georgia mm-hmm. fair and square. I think there were possibly some things that went on there that, and I think that maybe maybe the reason that um, that Georgia jumped on the ball. That, I mean, they were the first ones right. to to really get out there and go, okay, we've got to do some. We've got to change the way the elections go. Because I think people that really studied the numbers know, okay, this is not a blue state. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and then we've seen other states follow suit. I think this is a great thing. A voter ID is not a, a racist um, idea. Uh, I mean, you've got to have an ID to buy a beer. Right. You've got to have an ID to buy cigarettes. Yeah. But you don't have to have an ID to go vote. That's ridiculous. Yeah, in ridiculous. some states, like, you know, Georgia's changing that. That's the way it is in Louisiana. We have to do voter ID, but... Uh, but yeah, I, think I mean, that, I could I could go to Russia and vote, right? If, if their laws <laughs> yeah. were like our laws, I could fly to Russia and go vote. You know, yeah. And and that and how do we know that that didn't happen? How do we know that we didn't have a lot? Especially of, through the absentee yeah. balloting, you know, that was very hard to, to fact check on. Uh, number four, close the Republican primaries immediately. Uh, the idea that when you're voting in the primaries for your candidate who will be in the runoff in the general election. In all states but five, there's open primaries, meaning that Democrats and independents can vote for their Republican candidate. And there's an organization by them to try to vote in a, a lesser, uh, weaker challenger to their candidate. And I didn't know. This is something I didn't know. I'm, yeah. I'm registered as an independent. And, and mm-hmm. it was honestly a kind of a selfish reason. I registered as an independent. Number one, because I always want to be thought of as an independent. I don't want to be thought of as a Republican that I'm just always going to go along with mm-hmm. whatever a Republican says. I, I want to have my Christian values first. There's not a, you know, there's not a Christian party. Yeah. And so I, I didn't want to be a Republican from that standpoint. And I gave up my right. I thought, at least I thought I gave up my right to vote, to, to vote in Republican primaries. I did not know that there were probably, and I don't even know how it is in Louisiana, but I, yeah, I was trying to remember, could you vote in their primaries for the, there was there were some thing. things that I could and some things that I couldn't. You know, I mean, yeah. there were I felt like there were a lot of boxes that would have been there for a normal person that that I mean, not normal normal is not mm-hmm. the right word, yeah. but a Republican, mm-hmm. a person that's registered as a Republican, and I didn't get a chance to vote for the, for for some of those. But um, that's really scary, and I, I do think that it does need to be closed. And I'm going to remain an independent, even though it means giving up my right to vote in the primaries. I, I would still do that. That's just my choice. 
And I think that um, that would prevent a it, leftist organized yeah, group to I vote in their guy. I don't yeah. feel it's fair for me to be able to vote in a Republican or a Democratic primary as an independent. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, I feel like you, if you know, they should they should be reserved for mm-hmm. those individuals yeah. because an organized situation could cause yeah. um, the, the the true candidate to not be elected, and yeah. that's scary. Mm-hmm. That is right. Number five, organize a compact of free states. The, um, he's advocating that the MAGA folks build a, a nation within a nation. You know, there are some who's, who's calling for secession. You know, the, the, uh, the heartland of America secede from the coastal America. The blue states, uh, you know, the red states secede from the blue states. This will play right into China's hand, you know. Then of, we're uh, not the United United split. States we're, No, we're the divided states. And so, you know, Russia and China would eat our lunch even more so than they're doing now. So, you know, that shouldn't be an option. But there should be uh, some formal alliances formed by red states. So the federal government can't impose its will on a Florida without a Texas getting involved or an Oklahoma or, you know, Arkansas or, you know, these, these strong red states. Um just um, look at ways that we can organize to be, um, you know, like a union for conservative, capitalistic, even well, there's Christian certainly a values. Lot of, yeah. There's a lot of organization on the left, uh, you know, yeah. in terms of what they do. And I think this may be a future topic that you bring up, but in, in terms of, you know, boycotting and, and organizing protests and, and other things, that's something that we don't see very much of in the conservative side. And, you know, the Constitution, technically, the United States is a— Federation of Free and Independent States, but we don't we don't think of think of it that right. way. You know, we we uh, the Tenth Amendment that, that calls for states' rights uh, really is uh, an ace in the hole for us who feel that maybe the deep state or the federal government is imposing its will upon us. So, and that's a uh, that that's kind of his sixth point, right? The kind of the Republican review. Typically, the federal the feds usually only give about ten percent of education dollars uh, to the state. And so they're imposing their will on how we teach our kids, and and the state is putting up 90% of the money. So he would advocate that we just do without that 10%, and then we educate our children the way we want to in our state. So, you know, there's all kinds of ways we can do that. Um, He's called, number six, he's calling for a republic review. That's for, there's kind of a growing movement. It's small, but it's growing out in the West, mainly Western and Northern states, to review their engagement with the federal government to eliminate any unconstitutional relationship, uh, any ways in which the federal government has become a bully. Have them stand down by recognizing your, your constitutional rights. And, you know, this is, you know, the Constitution is in our, our favor. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Under the Constitution, the states are technically superior to the federal government. Uh, they're sovereign under equal footing doctrine. So things like education, uh, is it always worth receiving federal money for a program when um, there's not just strings attached, but there's ropes and chains yeah, you know, I, attached I mean, to these federal dollars? We are not doing well in, in, in the world in terms of our education. I mean, there are obviously countries that are much worse, but we are not cream of the crop anymore. Some would argue that we never have been when you compare us to, to China, and they do a, a, a fair job with education. I think that education can be done well under either a free system or a socialist system, but it really depends on what the education is. And that's one of the issues that I have right now with education as a whole is that they're teaching our children Mm -hmm. to be socialist. Mm -hmm. 
and not not explaining both sides, not giving an individual a a choice. Mm-hmm. They're teaching that this is the way yeah, that that's it a, is. That's not teaching. That's indoctrination. Exactly. It's propaganda. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. Um, and I think, too, it would help with issues like, say, for example, prayer in schools. I think whoever's closest to the classroom needs to be making these kinds of decisions. So if it was a state decision to make, Utah might make a different decision, you know, with the Mormon church than Alabama may make, you know, with the Baptist church. So uh, that would help. I think that we need to let people on the local level make more decisions about education. Well, that, and that leads us the right to, ch- to change where we live. If we want to change yeah. states because we can get a better education, moving 50 miles and, and going to another state and being a part of a, a state that, that prioritizes education, maybe taxes more. Mm-hmm. And, and uses that money well to fund education and, and roads, which is obviously something. Yeah, something if I move to Utah, I'm going to expect to have a Mormon influence of my kids from public school teachers. And if I move to um, Massachusetts, I'm going to expect an atheistic, agnostic approach to education. I'm going to have to offset that at home, but... Right, and, and that's you know, and, and that's a whole. I think yeah, we, could, we could probably yeah. do a whole podcast right. on education. What what's next? Uh, All right, number seven, he said, is to form a multi-state America First popular alliance. Just like the far left are building these alliances, we need to have a coming together of the Tea Party, for example, and the MAGA crowd, uh, evangelical conservatives, uh, people that have in common a desire to keep our country free and, um, and you know, keep socialism from, from gaining uh, ground. There needs to be an organization. And, you know, think about how, how well Trump organized the opposition party. Um, you know, there was a lot, of, a lot of people who disagreed on a lot of issues in the Democratic Party that came together just to, to vote fight against, Trump. you know, just to fight Trump. And uh, we need to come together to fight socialism. So any kind of... Um, uh, and he calls it America First. Uh, that's a pretty good name, I think, for it. Uh, uniting um, all these conservative movements together. And then um, number eight, I'm really interested in your opinion of this. He thinks that we need to use our money for good. Um, and he's calling for boycotts or boycotts, um, you know, on a big-time basis. And uh, he thinks that we ought to... Um, to kind of single out maybe one particular company that conservatives really support that are woke, you know, they've uh, um, caved in to the bullion of the left. And so, you know, for conservatives to boycott that, that company until they either apologize or, or change, you know, change their ways or, or, you know, go out of business and replace them with something else. He thinks, you know, we ought to abandon Google and Facebook and Twitter and these things for more honest platforms. Um, so the idea of, uh, of just organizing and, and um, not continuing to pay for we're dividing we're divided against ourselves when we're paying for the opposition's yeah so this agenda. opens this opens <laughs> yeah. a whole can of worms and yeah. and, and I, I like this topic number one I'm not opposed to a formal boycott especially when it comes to trying to end socialism but instead of boycotting I think that if we choose to buy local that it alleviates a lot of these issues because you know like here in our community we can we can buy things locally. And we know that that money is not going to a Google or a Facebook or whatever. Um, and, and so maybe as opposed to uh, a formal organized boycott, maybe a, maybe a better thing is 
that we just make better choices. You know, we choose to buy local and avoid the big box corporations as much as possible. And that takes some of their power away. I think that's, Mm -hmm. I'm getting more and more anti-tech for a number of reasons. Yes, we see how Facebook Mm -hmm. and and Twitter and others uh, are using um, something that we thought we'd never see in our country, uh, you know, which is some, some people call it suppression. Um, some people call it censorship and it's the same thing. You know, if you're, if you're adjusting your algorithm where it's not completely blocked, but nobody really sees it, well then that's suppression. Mm -hmm. And then if, if you formally take that off of a platform, then that would be censorship, Mm -hmm. but they're really the same thing because the same result occurs is that, is that people aren't seeing those posts. And so, yeah, I'm becoming more and more anti big tech, Mm -hmm. but I'm not necessarily thinking that the best thing that we can do is formally boycott them because I don't know that it's going to matter. Maybe it would. And we do see it. We saw great results when we saw, um, you mentioned America family radio with target. Yeah. Which was a great result, but target's still in business. Mm -hmm. And maybe our goal shouldn't be, uh, to run a company out of business or maybe it should be like you mentioned to get them to apologize and change, but does it really change anything? I'm not sure. But one thing that we can do is we can shop, we can shop local, mm-hmm. we can change where we do buy things. And maybe it's not that we're, um, boycotting them and saying, we're never going to use them for anything, but the majority of our dollars are going mm-hmm. to a better cause to a, to a, a more local place. Um, you know, that's the thing that scares me more than anything about socialism is that we're going to have fewer and fewer mom and pop type of stores sure. and, and, yeah. and services. And, and we're going to, and, and the large corporations are going to get larger and larger and have more and more power. Well, the government the reason, will be overall, you know, there'll be no competition because the government exactly. will be in charge of and they are, goods and, and services. And, and in some ways they really already are. I mean, you know, with the yeah. exception of just a handful of small media outlets and Fox news, which is a large one, uh, you know, the media is pretty much controlled by the left at this point. And, sure. and so a few corporations own 90% of the media. Right. And, and that's, and that's a scary thing, yeah. you, you know, and, and where, where our power lies is in our dollar. When I get a chance to use a platform that's similar to Facebook, but not Facebook, I think we're all going to kind of rejoice, mm-hmm. you know, that we yeah. can leave that. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing that's even close. You know, some of these other ones that have come along, um, they don't have ways that you connect with people the way that the mm-hmm. way that Facebook does. I'm all for somebody that thinks that they should quit Facebook. I'm all mm-hmm. for it. But I also see pastors and others that are utilizing Facebook to reach people with the gospel, and that and and that should be our priority. Mm-hmm. And so, if we do something like a complete boycott of Facebook, then we're going to lose the opportunity to reach people for Christ because we're not able to use the largest platform that's there. And so what's more important, socialism losing ground or reaching people for Christ. And I think that it's still the most important thing is reaching people for Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, I'm fervently praying for the church in China. I think that's, that's the best deterrent to China becoming a world power and spreading um, atheistic communism throughout the world is is with the you know we talk about our country being divided against ourselves you know there's a, a quiet movement of of the church in China where there's more Christians than communists and it it'd be awesome to see if China were um, this would not be awesome but if China became the world power would it be great to see China conquered by the gospel 
you know, the way Rome was con- conquered by the, the gospel, the way the Western, you know, civilization was. So, you know, that really is our hope. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of mixed on this, this boycott. I think that, that we need to use our money wisely. I think that there's a lot of companies that have taken for granted that they're going to get the conservative dollars, and uh, they're, they're kind of catering to um, a fringe group that maybe not putting that much money into their, you know, like Walmart, for example. I would think Walmart, it would be conservatives that are their biggest, I think their biggest customer base is probably conservatives, wouldn't you think? Here in the South, uh, particularly? Um, uh, well, in the South, I mean, we're, we're, we're more conservative than, than liberal in the South as a whole, you mm-hmm. know, so, so maybe that holds true. Um, they're the biggest employer of um, the vast majority of half of our country. You know, like Arkansas, for example, obviously Arkansas, but Oklahoma and most of the poorer states, uh, Walmart is the biggest employer. And I don't know that that's good. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. their 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 wage levels, and and I'm all yeah. for free market. I'm I'm mm-hmm. certainly not yeah. advocating here for yeah. uh, uh, raising the minimum wage. But what I am saying, they are a very very large corporation with a lot of power. Yeah. And uh, you know, those jobs for people that are working at Walmart may may have been jobs at a small business right had walmart mm-hmm. not moved into a town and that's yeah. i'm not anti-walmart i go to walmart i yeah. use walmart um i don't think at this point they're they're biblically responsible yeah. um, they're making some bad right. decisions right but uh yeah and, and you know for me this does go to i want socialism to stop because i, I see that there's an anti-god movement mm-hmm. but i don't want i don't think that that should prioritize Overreaching people with the—I mean, I think we oh, should—we yeah. should stick with spreading the gospel first, and and utilize everything that we can utilize with that as the priority, almost with the assumption, hey, we don't know that we're going to have tomorrow. So Facebook is here today. I don't like the company. I think they're terrible. I, I think their censorship is terrible. But if you're using Facebook to reach people with the gospel. Yeah then you need to keep doing that. You yeah, know? Paul used the Roman roads to travel. You know, he used them to plant churches. You know, while Rome was using them to march their armies you know, to <laughs> the hither lands to, you know, to browbeat people and to be under their control. So, yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then the last one here, number nine, remove malignant foreign influence at the state level. So not just fight uh, China, uh, communism, socialism, on a federal level and wait for the government to do something about the federal government on the state level. So, for example, uh, here in Louisiana, we can fight the battle of eating Chinese crawfish instead of, you know, Louisiana <laughs> crawfish. You know, that, that's one way to do it. And, and, and then also there's, there's all kinds of ways in which China has infiltrated our university systems. You know, we saw that Harvard professor, I think he was the head of a department that was compromised and on the payroll of China. And we see these um, these Chinese patriotic cultural clubs on college campuses where uh, they're trying to um, really spy, spy on Americas and steal trade secrets to um, uh, entice young American students to um, uh, see things their way and whatnot. So we need to fight fight it on a state level. And that's one of the theme of this whole article is the idea that that Tenth Amendment that ensures states' rights is something that we in freer parts of America, like in red states, need to take advantage of. Uh, you exploited its weakness. This is all secular. Uh, nothing, you know, really much has to do with the gospel and how and antithetical the gospel has been to socialism and communism, how it's always triumphed 
you know, in the countries that um, it struggled with. But um, but certainly we're it appears that we're losing the battle with younger people. I don't know that many of them know how to define <laughs> socialism, but it's just cool. And they don't even know why it's yeah. bad. Yeah, right. They, it's just, I mean, they yeah. think it's good for reasons that um, are presented to them as propaganda. Yeah. And, and there's no thought that goes into it. Um, you know, get, number one, do you even like to have a choice? Yeah. You know, and that's, um, that's something that you can't convince somebody of until they're forced into a situation. Yeah, they haven't had the experience that I had in the early 90s being able to go to Russia. Uh, right after Russia opened up through Poistroka, Poistroka, I think I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. But, um, but anyway, um, you know, we were coming out of the Reagan years. The Berlin Wall had fallen. Uh, the communist countries were becoming more open as they lost power to the West. And I was able to see firsthand, you know, the bread lines, uh, see firsthand a, a culture without any senior adult men. Uh, hardly any senior adult men survived World War II or the Cold War or, um, you know, Stalin or, or communist parties. So I saw firsthand the devastation that communism could do to a nation. So it amazes me that a couple of decades later, we're having to fight that battle in our country when the 20th century so obviously demonstrated the superiority of freedom over the constrictions of socialism and communism. So it's, it's sad. And, and, and it does make you want to build a monastery and move into it. And, uh, you know, we're, I'm tired of talking about socialism and communism and these kinds of topics. But uh, if we don't shed light on it, then... That's and right. It, it's too late. You know, it's going to be too late. I don't, and I don't want to misquote him here, but just to close, um, Ronald Reagan said, if socialism or communism ever comes to America, it comes in the form of liberalism. And that's what we're seeing. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. so we need to pray. Uh, we, need to, we do need to fight. We need to make good choices um, with what we're doing. We need to think about what we're doing, um, you know, and not, and not take politicians' words at anything. Mm-hmm. Read the Constitution for yourself. Read... Um, read the history of socialistic countries for yourself. Hey, take a trip and go to a socialist country and talk to the people and see what the difference is. You know, one yeah, of Congressman the, Mike Johnson was down in Venezuela here a few months ago, and they were saying, uh, come take us over. You know, we'd love to see a military takeover of our country to save us from starvation. I mean, this has not <laughs> yeah. gone well for Cuba, for Venezuela, yeah. or for anywhere else that it's ever been. Yeah. And, and we don't want it to come to America. Mm. We, we like our freedoms. We like the freedom to be able to worship our Lord. And uh, that is something that we will lose. Ultimately, in the, the, the socialist communist agenda, you will lose it because it is by nature, it is, and by design, it is an atheistic government. A free church in a free state is the best we can hope for, you know, east of Eden and short of heaven. I mean... That's right. Amen. All right. Well, thanks for listening to us. Uh, We'll come back again with another topic real soon. Uh, God bless you and uh, keep the fight up.